What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of SSPN. We got another off-season position breakdown, and uh, we, we were talking about it before we got on air. You know, I came into this episode, and I was thinking, I was like, all right, we're going to talk about Keldon, and then we're going to talk about Devin, and that'll be it, and it'll be fun. But there's two other guys that we got to talk about, and one of them I think we should start off with because it was just so obvious, but us as Spurs fans and doing SSPN, if you've been watching, um, we... Uh, <laughs> We got the little friend in the in the episode, but oh. um, you know we've just assumed that Demar Derozan is gone from the Spurs, and while that's most likely what's going to happen, um, we were also talking that there's still like not really any significant significant reports that are indicating that that is so. So you know we're gonna under go under the operation that maybe that's still a possibility. Yeah, and of course, I don't know if he actually said his name. I was paying attention to my dog, but DeMar DeRozan is who we're talking about. (laughs) The Spurs' best player this past season. You know, love him or hate him, think he's the reason we didn't make the playoffs or whatever. He's definitely not. I mean, he averaged 22 points, seven assists, four rebounds. I mean, he was playing tremendous basketball under Greg Popovich. He changed his game, become more of a facilitator. And overall, I think he honestly probably had one of his best seasons as an individual. Um, I agree. And I think we just didn't have the talent around him to make the playoffs. Again, I don't think he's a first option on a championship team. I think if we had a little bit more shooting and a little bit more defensive prowess, we may have been able to you know, surround DeMar DeRozan and, and push for the playoffs and maybe make a run in the first, maybe second round. But that's just not how it worked out. We have a young team. Uh, we kind of got gifted him in that trade. Uh, with Kawhi Leonard and it never completely fit and that's why both of us don't think he's going to come back but just because he's not coming back doesn't mean he wasn't a great player with his time in the Spurs I think he played outstanding this season and I wish nothing but the best for him if he stays or if he ultimately decides to leave yeah so I think as we learned this year you know really I mean before I even get into anything about tomorrow let's just address the fact that this has really been like a three to two year. I think it's been three. How long have we had tomorrow on the team? Three years now? 2019. Was, I think 18 was the year um, that it was just LaMarcus. I think it wasn't, right? but wasn't it 17, 18? Like, wasn't that, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, wasn't 17, that 18, the season? yeah. And then he got traded. That was the yeah. Kawhi. And so in 2018, so 18, 19. Yes. 1920. 1920, and then 2021. So yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. This is his third year. He finished out that Raptors contract with us. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This is this was just a crazy situation for DeMar, um, just considering the fact that, you know, he thought he was going to spend the rest of his career there. He had already spent a decade in Toronto. Out of nowhere, he gets traded, you know, to a very different place. You're in the biggest city in a different country, even though, you know, Canada's pretty similar to the u.s but uh, i mean obviously there are differences but anyways that's besides the point but um like point is he was in the biggest city in a certain country and then now he's in san antonio which is one of the smaller markets and like i don't think that damar was really like angry and didn't like san antonio or anything but you know he had built a connection with the big city you know and had grown up there and that was really i mean his second home then all of a sudden he's in a completely different place you know what i mean so it's just um just a crazy situation for DeMar. So, I mean, just shout out to him for, like, not being... He could have easily just been like, yeah, I want to be traded. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be traded again, like, mm-hmm. or or something like that. Because 
DeRozan is an ISO player. Like, that's how he plays. That's really the opposite of kind of what the Spurs do. Obviously, there are more guys, you know, like even DeJounte, we've seen go ISO this year. And I think that maybe the Spurs need to be a little, well, I don't know how to describe this, but they need to be a little bit more ISO. And I think we saw that with, with, um, with DeMar. Once again, that's kind of another whole tangent. But point is, this dude put in the time. He was super respectful. All he did was literally just be a good teammate and mm-hmm. be himself and try to be a great player in this really crappy situation that he was in. Um, so just thank him for those three years. And then with this season, I completely agree with what you said. Um, he really adapted his game to try to fit our system. And in and in some areas, that made him a better a better player. Mm-hmm. He definitely best probably his best passing season. Um, he's gotten better as a defender um, during his time here unfortunately still even in the playoff playing game wasn't able to really get in rhythm which is why you know I agree with you he's not a first option on a championship team but that doesn't mean that he can't be a piece on a championship team Mm -hmm. and that also doesn't mean that if he's in the right system like I don't know the Warriors or the Hawks where he can just penetrate and dish he can be a super valuable player on those type of teams so shout out to DeMar he really did have his I think he still had his best season as a spur despite how this was kind of a disappointment and he made the playoffs in another season but I think you get what I'm saying um shout out to DeMar man 100% and I think with that we should move on to our next small forward facts who do you want to go to first we've got three options here <laughs> um this so this is interesting I think let's roll with Kieda Bates let's roll with the other kind of unknown that we didn't know that we were going to talk about and I think the reason that we can talk about him is that it'll not to brush over key debates, because I think that he is kind of an intriguing player that we have. I know that he's probably just going to be a third stringer still, but I mean, this dude, this is a guy who played minutes when he was in Minnesota. I mean, it's nothing, you know, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trying to get up, but I think that this is a guy that if you develop him correctly, he can be a solid uh, three and modern three, four in today's NBA. He's six, eight. He's got good size. He's about 230 pounds. Yeah. That's perfect for a modern 3-4, kind of that Jeremy Grant type role. If you can just have that on your roster, develop him into that, he's still only 25, um, you know, played at a big school like Ohio State. This is a player that I think the Spurs should be very happy is going to be on their roster. And it seems like with all the Instagram posts and him being there and the Mm -hmm. Quindary news, um, it seems like he's going to be back on the team, which me and you really like. I like him a lot, and he's one of those players, because he didn't get that much playing time, he kind of got a lot of garbage minutes. We can't necessarily judge his stats. Played with Austin a lot, too. too. Yes. We, we can't really judge him based on his stats, and I'm just going to base it on my eye test of what I saw. And he seemed like he fit both offensively and defensively with the whole scheme of what the San Antonio Spurs are trying to do. And clearly, based on, what, like you said, those Instagram posts, he fits with the team as far as chemistry and liking the guys and fitting in with all those dudes um i see him you said jeremy grant i see him blossoming into a possible jay crowder type of player okay i like that i like yeah, that he can hit a lot of threes um he's a capable shooter i think he's going to only improve he didn't take that many this year because like i said he really only got garbage time but he was already a decent shooter coming yes. to the Spurs, and if he gets more time with chip england Exactly, oh, yeah. like you said. And defensively, I think you you hit it right on the nail. I mean, he is a very, very good defender. He's long. He's 6'8", like you said. He, he's capable of defending um, both perimeter guys and in the paint. He can switch, exactly. which is what we desperately need. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm high on his defensive abilities. I don't know if next year he'll be up 
a backup small forward. I don't think he'll get that many minutes necessarily. Mm, me either. Um, but he's definitely a guy that can grow in our system and eventually become a solid role player. And as we saw this year, man, I mean, I don't. I think there will be less next year. But with all the injuries, like to the Spurs, like regardless of like the injury playoff talk and all that, like that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, like there were a lot of injuries for the Spurs this year. There were more injuries this year overall. Um, with you know a normal season next year, hopefully that continues to go down. But still, even in normal years, you never know what can happen with injuries. To have a guy like Kieta Bates, that if you know, even even if it's just a couple weeks that Keldon or Devin goes down, you know, just for just they get a little minor thing. To have him to just insert who's mm-hmm. he's kind of a plug and play guy, you know, someone who can fit in seamlessly, like you said, a good three point shooter, <laughs> uh, a lot of um, you know, and and a lot of switchability on defense. He's a guy who can really guard kind of three four positions sometimes um depending on who's in the game mm-hmm. um so i think just a super versatile player that's a plug and play guy that i think is just the value that we're getting for him as a third stringer because like you said i don't think he's going to get too many minutes this year um i i really enjoy and i i really like uh, i feel like he's a great value player uh no walmart though <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I, I, he's better than great value walmart he's better than that yes yes he is uh, I think, but, uh, yeah, I think we wrapped yeah. him up pretty nicely. I mean, not much to go on, but uh, enough to talk about for sure. Uh, what, what do you think, Keldon or Devin Vassell? I don't know. I mean, so we can here. Let's just go with Keldon, okay? Because um, he's probably going to be the starter, probably most yeah. likely. He's going to be the starting three. We we hope. I don't know. I mean, if he plays four, I'm not mad at it. But we've had this conversation. We think he would be more effective as a three. And I feel like, look, if you're playing a small ball lineup, like you have the Rockets in your division. You know what I mean? And if they continue, obviously, well, is Steven Silas still there? I don't I know. I think so. Okay. I, assuming that he's still there, they're going to keep running small ball, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe like you can play Kelton at the four. It's not that we're like, don't play him there. It's bad. It's just don't play him there always. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's six five naturally. I think like with his height, there, he could take advantage of his skill set more playing the three. So we're hoping that that's going to happen. And I feel like that's pretty reasonable to assume that it will happen. I don't know, though. You never know with, with the Spurs. We're not in the front office. What do you think on his whole position type deal? You, I mean, if you've watched our videos, you know I think he is definitely a three more so than a four. Just because when we're guarding these guys that are like really six, eight and above, that are these long athletic fours, mm-hmm. He has difficulty on the defensive side of the ball. And it's not because of effort. No. He's posting them up. He's literally doing this. Mm-hmm. It's just there's only so much he can do. Yes, exactly. He's just smaller. He's Kelvin's not very long, I don't think, if you look at it. Like his arms, I think, are, are pretty... He's got about an average wingspan. Yeah, yeah. For, for his size. And I think at the three... Which is still huge because yes. he's 6'5". Yes. But in the NBA standards, that's, yes. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> Let's clarify that. <laughs> I, I I think Keldon at the three fits way better because this opens up his offensive game even more because he is so strong. He can battle these fours. He's just not winning as much as that he as he should. So if he's getting these guys that are his size, he's probably going to be able, you know, to bully them a lot more. His game is bully ball. It so is. maybe if you put him on smaller players or just players that are his size, yes. Maybe he'll be he able to dominate. drive into the paint. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is clearly his best ability we saw this season is driving into the paint and putting up these ridiculous layups 
You know, some of these I look, I was like, oh my god, what is he doing? And then it would just go off the glass and fall in. It was, I don't even know. He plays kind of like Russell. And those Westbrook. were against fours. Yeah, against and, fours. And no, no, and his idol is literally Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He's he said that, which is crazy because he's like he's like a way more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yes, Russell way more Westbrook. efficient. <laughs> and his defense is is um, underrated in my opinion. He, I mean, like we said, he did get beat by some bigger fours, but when he was guarding guys that were his size, I mean, he was he was handling them. You know, and he can guard inside, he can guard outside. Um, it's just his height that I that I worry about if we put him at the four. But if we if he's at the three, I don't think defensively he has any worries there. Um, I agree. He's an above average defender who gives a lot of effort. You know, you know his motor. You know, <laughs> um, but seriously, I mean, like you said, we knew. Like I've even talked about this, and I think I might have said this on some of our other episodes. But like, just the Spurs having a player like Keldon who after an and one is going to scream or a big block is going to scream. Like that's something the Spurs haven't had honestly in my memory. So the only thing I think Keldon can improve on this off season is for one, the three ball, just hitting it more consistently. He started toward the end of the season, taking it more confidently. It just wasn't falling. Um, but if he can get that shot to start falling more consistently, not, not even huge number, not 40%, just 35%. I think then that will that will that'll be really beneficial to the team. And then maybe, especially if DeMar is gone, getting a little bit better with the handle so that he can work a little bit more in the mid range area. Because right now he's really only got two things. He's either gonna take it all the way to the hole or he's gonna shoot a three and, you know, unfortunately probably miss that that three. Um, so if he opens up his offensive game a little bit more, his ceiling is, you know, endless. He can go as far as he wants to. And I think that's just another going back to DeMar and just crediting what he did here in San Antonio and, you know, kind of investing in these young guys, even though he's probably not going to be there, you know, after his time here. Um, One of the things that I noticed from and watching interviews with Lonnie and I I haven't heard Keldon say this, but just the play that because you're mentioning how like, yes, he usually his main two things are shooting a wide open three or just running straight to the rim through his defender, right? Like a fullback. Yeah. But, but the thing is with Keldon is that um, there, there were times this year where he did try to take like some floaters off the mid-range, and it was totally DeMar-esque, and, and Lonnie tried to do the same thing. And in an interview, Lonnie was like, hey, you know, this is something that, you know, DeMar has really taught us and invested into us. So, you know, with the mid-range game being his one, you know, kind of weakness or thing that he could add to his game um, on top of handling and playmaking... Um, you know, it's, it's great that DeMar was here to really help our guys and give them tips in that area, because we know he, he's a legend at that and kind of going off of the playmaking. Um, I think that him being on threes too, and being able to once again, have more penetration on these guys, um, that's going to allow him to kick out more. It's going to be easier for him to kick out because once again, it's just, uh, ironically, it's not as big of a body, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So yeah, sorry, I was I'm muting myself. My dog You're is good. barking a little bit, but I think he's finally stopped. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a nut. Um, yeah, I mean, I really don't have much else to say about Keldon Johnson. He had a very, very good year. We expected a lot from him coming out of the bubble the way that he played there. I think he met those expectations. Some people might not think so because his numbers were a little bit down. But you have to expect that when he's playing as many games as he's been playing and teams are kind of starting to figure out that he's a little bit limited offensively. Um, but if he, addresses- which is why you saw him kind of, you know, mm-hmm. take a little bit of a downturn in the second half of the year, yes. team started realizing what he was. Exactly. But I think, 
I think what we saw from him after the play-in tournament when he said, this is the last year we're going to miss the playoffs, and he's, he's very determined to work during the offseason and fix his game a little bit, make it a little bit more well-rounded, I, I think he's going to just soar next season. I could see him averaging, what do you think, 17? I think that's a lead, I don't know. but I think he can hit 17. I don't know about 17 He's getting 13 next this year. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I just the only reason I think of that is just because there's two other ball handlers who are going to want to score like Derek and and DeJounte. That's the only reason I'm like, no, not this much yet. Um, But he definitely has that potential. And once again, let's think about how young he is. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about DeJounte in our in our positional breakdowns like, oh, this we got to remember how young he is. Let's remember how young Kelvin Johnson is. He's 21 years old. And going back to his shooting, I feel like that's a question for some people, even though it went in sometimes. A lot of people are like, oh, he's just getting lucky with the shot because it's just like, you know, up to the moon. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Look, regardless, I I, I still think, look, if you're swishing the shot, it doesn't matter. It's going in. Right. And I think that obviously working with Chip England is going to help and make that jumper even better. But here's the thing. Let's look at where Keldon is right now as a three-point shooter. Like, this is probably better than Kawhi Mm -hmm. when he came in. This is better than a lot of people who have become elite three-point shooters. Yeah. Um, So he has got a lot of potential there. I know that sounds crazy, but with Chip England, you give him, like, dude, you give him the rest of this rookie contract, he is going to be an above-average three-point shooter by the end of it. I guarantee it. I agree with you, Jude. I agree with you. And that's only like 38, 37%. That's above average. It's not, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be Steph. I'm just saying that he's going to be a guy that if you throw him a wide open three, he's going to knock it down most likely. He's 33% right now. So he's not, he's already doing that basically. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he just definitely improve a little bit and then he'll be Mm -hmm. 10 times better. Um, Moving on, I think from Keldon Johnson. Yes, sir. Devin Vassell, our rookie this past year, pick 11. Um, he to me had some rookie mistakes that were you know bound to happen, but I was actually surprised he played as much as he did at the start of the season. He didn't even go to the like. Granted, mm-hmm. okay, let me say that. Look, it was a bubble, so you know, and and they had some depth issues. So maybe in a normal year where you know the G League's not in the bubble and all that stuff, maybe he goes to Austin a little bit more. But I don't know. Maybe he doesn't because he didn't go at all, mm-hmm. and that is unprecedented yeah, it is. for Spurs rookies. I mean, DeJounte, Derek, you know, like, I mean, guys, like I said, Derek White is a person, I know I've said this so many times, who has put up 36 in the playoffs. This is a clutch playoff player who we've developed. Devin Vassell didn't even go to the, the, the Austin Spurs. No, he did so. not. And I think that that speaks a lot about his ability to play, especially defensively. He was he could he held his own the entire year. It was clear that defense is going to be his specialty. Um, I didn't really see. I mean, he definitely had mistakes, but it it was clear to me that he was already in the NBA level defender. Do you disagree? No, I completely agree with you. And another note on Devin Vassell and shout out to uh, to Coach Irvin from San Marcos High School because he actually he actually showed uh, or kind of shed light on this, but. There have been so many, like Terrence Mann, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, there's some other names that I'm forgetting, but dudes from Florida State, mm-hmm. they can play. They can. Like, they can, they can play, and that is where Devin Vassell is from. So, Scotty Barnes coming up a top 10 pick as well. Yep. I mean, Florida State's got some, got some guys, so. And Devin fit the criteria, I remember when he was drafted, he fit the criteria of a Spurs player, a guy that had, that tremendously improved from year one to year two, 
and seemed like he was determined to be the best version of himself. I mean, that's that's Spurs culture written all over it. So I was very excited when we actually picked him up. Um, I think he's going to have a good future with the Spurs. Um, I think most of his struggles this year came from his short leash that Pop had him on. He was in and out very abruptly. He didn't really have a chance to get a rhythm all that often. But we saw what he was capable of when he found that rhythm. I can't remember what his season high I remember was. But he, the Suns game yeah. where he had 18, went yep. 7 for 9, had like four threes or something. Mm-hmm. That game was just incredible. We needed him in that game, and um, he showed up. And I really think that that's, that's a thing that Devin can easily do yep. because he's – uh, even next year, like I'm sure they're gonna want to develop, you know, his his ball handling and his ISO game. But it's very obvious to me he's a just right now. It's similar to to Keita Bates, uh, but it, you know, a lot better. Yeah. Um, is he's just a plug and play three and D guy who can play the two or the three easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? He can play either position. He can guard both really well. And I mean, he's already. You talked about him being an NBA level defend ready defender. He is an NBA ready shooter as well. Mm-hmm. And so that is going to be super helpful for him next year because if he can just play off ball, shoot threes of, of guys like Keldon, Derek, and DeJounte who are going to drive to the rim, that's going to be – he's just going to be a super beneficial as a floor spacer. I think um, for the next couple of years probably he's going to be used as a Danny Green type player. I agree. Mostly a spot-up shooter. But, I mean, he did show a couple flashes – of being He's able way to get, better than Danny Green yeah, is the thing. Of getting into that mid-range, he had a nice turnaround J that he would show every once in a while. And people forget his mentor this past season was Rudy. You know, like you said, DeJounte and Derrick's and Kelvin's was DeMar. His was Rudy Gay. Um, so you can only imagine what Rudy's been trying to show him because Rudy used to be, not so much anymore, but he used to be that mid-range killer where he would get in there kind of like Carmelo Anthony. That's an, and another thing that he can add to his game. Exactly. Yep. So I think he can benefit, or he did benefit from having Rudy Gay there. I don't know if Rudy's going to come back, um, but having that mentorship this season I think will prove um, very beneficial to his overall game as we move into the future. Um, but honestly, I don't know. Do you think he anything could... else? Huh? No, I'm sorry. I, I said anything else. I thought you were wrapping up. But no, I, I am wrapping up, but I was just I had a thought. <laughs> Do you think, Jude, that Devin has an opportunity to be like in the future? Not not like next year or maybe not even the year after that, but like an all star caliber player. I don't think that the, I know that this I'm not ready to say like that for sure, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. I, for how young he is and what he showed this year. And once again, you got to understand He's these rookies young. don't play for Spurs. Like to, it's not outrageous mm-hmm. to say that you can right now that you can believe that DeJounte Murray or a Derek White uh, can be an all star in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, or Keldon. If I think next year is going to be really interesting to watch Keldon because it's going to be interesting to see how if he improves and kind of counteracts how teams were game planning against him in the second half of the season. Um, but with how good Devin is right now, like once again, another 20 year old, like I don't, there's no way you can't say that. Like by the time he's 25, no, there's no way he, he's definitely, I don't know. I don't want to definitely say that he's going to be an all-star, but as of right now, I, there's no way that you can say he doesn't have a, the potential mm-hmm. to be an all-star. I don't think that you can rule that out with, with what he showed this year. So, And you have to wonder, a guy like Devin, pick 11. If he goes to any other team, exactly, he might be you know one of the uh, rising stars in that game, averaging who knows how many points. 
I'm thinking about the Pistons mm-hmm. and Sadiq Bay and yeah. the way that he shot the ball. I mean, imagine if that's Devin Vassell in that system. Like, he might be, you know, holding the rookie record for threes. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, you never know. And I hope that next year with veterans possibly leaving, his offensive game is going to open up even more. And if that John Collins thing works out, like, I hope it does, Jude. We talked about it in our last podcast. It's looking more less and less likely. It, it is looking Hawks less and less likely as they win. win. With, the Hawks, with the Hawks up 1-0 on the freaking uh, Bucks here in the Eastern Conference I need finals. them to lose for this to happen. I need them They're going to win lose. the finals. Uh, <laughs> but imagine that he Devin fits that identity that I was talking about of yeah. fast and defensive-minded players that run in transition. But... If the Hawks keep winning, it's not going to happen. Yeah. No. Um, what was I going to say? Okay. So you mentioned the Danny Green comparison. I had never thought of that before, but he's literally, like at this point right now, not what he can be, but right now, he's literally just a way more versatile, way more skilled mm-hmm. Danny Green. A non-bow-legged our Danny roster. Green. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a Danny Green who can dribble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, like... Think about that. Like that's huge for mm-hmm. for the team next year. I didn't even really think about it in that way. But he he is another like Keita Bates. He is a player that just his value exceeds you know what even just where he we picked him. I mean, just a such a solid player, such a solid player that will help balance things out for everybody when he plays. Hopefully that leash is gone, and hopefully somebody you know leaves. You know, much love to all of our vets, but. One of those guys leaves, and so he can he can pick up their minutes at the backup two or three. I agree, and I, I don't have anything else to say about our small forwards. I think we summed it up, you know, pretty well. I agree, I agree. All right, bro. Well, thank y'all so much for watching. Uh, this is another positional breakdown here for SSPN. I was thinking in this one like five minutes ago or so. I was like, oh dang. We're going to have to have the Luka Samanich conversation next episode. But anyways. Power forward. (laughs) With with all the, thank God we traded Kawhi. Uh, Because we would have Keldon and that that, that first round isn't wasted. I don't know. I don't want to say that he's a failure yet. I'm not ready to give up on him. Maybe this year he can really get comfortable. But if he doesn't this year, then I'm giving up on him. But anyways, you know what else we're going to give up on? This episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Um, We'll be back. Don't give up on us, but we're going to end this episode right here. SSPN. Catch y'all next time.